prayer. And uh, in the, the Lord's Prayer, uh, what's referred to as the model prayer in the Bible, because Jesus said, after this man, I pray ye. And uh, whenever we look at this prayer, we're looking at a man who is, is not quite like us. Yes, he was a man. Yes, he was flesh. Yes, he, yes, he was tempted. But he never succumbed. He never gave in. And uh, so whenever he's, he's praying this, he's not, he's not necessarily... He's not necessarily communicating with the Father in the exact way that, that He would. Because whenever we get to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, the, the Lord had nothing to repent of. But we do. And we're going we're gonna to skip over verse number uh, verse number 10, and we're going to come back to that in about two weeks. Uh, but Jesus said in verse number 9 of Matthew chapter 6, He said, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father... Chart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Verse number 11 and 12 is we're going to focus tonight. He said, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now we're going to go one by one with these and, and we're not going to dig too much into them. They're, they're very, very self-explanatory. In verse 11, he said, give us this day our daily bread. He said, give us this day as in today and not tomorrow. Today as in not yesterday, but today our daily bread. Prayer should be a daily thing. Whenever we communicate with God, whenever we allow Him to communicate with us, it is, is it in fact a daily thing? I try and I usually don't go a day without communicating with my dad and I usually my mom in some way, form, or fashion. And I'm sure most of you, if you still have your parents, you're that way. And we do that not only because we love them, because we, we want to keep them informed and up to date on, on what we have going on. We want to stay up to date on what they have going, going on. And, and we seek their sage advice. We seek their wisdom. We seek their leadership and guidance in, in our life as they have been uh, pretty much since we was that big. And whenever we pray to God in the same way, give us this day our daily bread. That is not talking about solely and only 100% food. It's talking about everything. Jesus said that he was the bread of life, but, but Jesus himself goes so much further than that. The Bible says that Jesus is not only the bread of life, he told the woman at the well that he, was, that, that he had the living water. Jesus is, is our everything. So whenever we begin to, to pray, and as Jesus did, he said, give us this day our daily bread, but not bread, but all of our needs. Do we pray for God to meet our needs or do we try to meet them first? Do we pray for God to take care of us or we try to get as far as we can on our own and then say, Lord, help me? A lot of times we'll find ourselves, in, and I, I, I do all the time and I, I hate it, but I do. I find myself in situations where I ask God, God, you got to help me out of this. And the first thing that comes into my head is, is that place where God tried to keep me out of it. But me being the knucklehead that I am, went ahead and went on into it. A lot of times it's that way. If, if we'll seek God first, if we'll seek God before all of it, if, if we'll seek God before we open our mouth, and I, I've never been a, a very reactive person, but in the last several years I, I've tried a little bit better to, to think and pray about things that are said, about things that are done. Because you, you, you've heard of the, the knee-jerk reaction, they call it. Whenever we become a knee-jerk reaction person, whenever we don't seek God's leadership and seek His guidance 
and seek Him to help us on a daily basis. Whenever we don't allow Him to, to, to intervene, whenever we don't ask Him to intervene, whenever we don't ask Him to meet our daily needs, then what right do we have to say, God, You failed me? We have none. Jesus said that we are to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Do we daily communicate with God? I believe that every person in here probably prays at least once a day. But do we pray like I do with Bailey before she eats? We'll sit down and we'll say our blessing and she'll cross her hands and she'll say, I'm thinking now I lay me down to sleep. What is the kid's prayer? God is great. Thank you. God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. By His hands, we are fed. Thank you for our daily bread. Amen. Now, we all know that we teach kids that whenever they're growing up to, to teach them to pray, to, to teach them the, the concept. But that is a, a, a memorized line. And yes, I'm tickled to death. Bailey knows it all. And before every meal, if, if she forgets or if we forget to tell her, she'll sit there with a, a half a bite of, of grits in her mouth and she'll sit there spitting them out every bite saying her blessing. And it's a great concept to learn. But as adults, and, and I did it for, for years, if we sit down and we say memorized prayers because they sound good, we ain't praying. We're just talking. And there's a difference in praying talking I can stand up here and talk and I can I can turn my head and not even look at you and I can stand up here and talk and I can bow my head and I can close my eyes and I can talk but there is a very very big difference in talking and trying to say something bless you there's a big difference in praying and talking and a lot of times in our life we can find ourselves talking at God we can find ourselves Say and memorize lines because we were taught we're supposed to pray before we go to bed. But if all we ever do is talk at God, we're not getting very much accomplished. Jesus said that this should be a daily conversation. Conversations aren't one way. We should not only pray to God, take Him our needs, take Him our desires, take Him our submission. A lot of times we view God as someone who is a fix-all, someone who is a He's seen it all. He's done it all. He has all of the answers. He can take care of it all. And we see Him as God solve my problems. And Jesus never once said approach God in that way. Never in the Bible do we find ourselves being told to approach God in that way. But Doug mentioned probably a year ago in Sunday school class and he said this definition and I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. He said that blessings are a consequence of obedience. And I thought that was really good. If we're going to ask God for His blessings, if we're going to ask God to take care of us and to give us our daily bread, then it begins first with obedience. How do you know what somebody wants of you? How do you know what someone expects of you? There was a woman applying for a job one time. She walked in. The folks interviewed her and said, do you think you could be good at this job? She said, yes, I do. They said, do you really want this job? She said, yes, I am. What are your qualifications? Handed her a resume. They said, oh, you're a, you're a mighty fine applicant. You got the job. Congratulations. She said, what is expected of me? She said, oh, you're a clerk. She said, that didn't answer my question. What is expected of me? What are my duties? What are my responsibilities? When do I show up? When do I leave? Where is my handbook? Where is my job description? They said, we don't have one of them. She said, well, 
Well, I don't know what to do then. But, but you have all of this experience. She said, yes, but I've never had this job at this location. I don't know what to do unless you give me a job description, a handbook. You've got to give me something. Without any sort of job description, without any sort of guidance in that position that she found herself in, she had no idea how to do the job. And we are told that after salvation that we are supposed to follow Jesus. But we have a job description. Blessings comes from obedience and, and praying to God and talking to God on a daily basis. God, give us this day our daily bread. I believe that refers a lot to the Bible. Give us our daily physical and spiritual food. I said a while ago, I have no doubt that everyone in here prays probably once a day. How long do we spend in the Bible today? Brother Dean sends out devotions every morning. I think he just rubs it in. He reads his Bible first thing in the morning every day before half the, the world gets up. How often do we spend in the Word of God? Or is that little excerpt of Scripture and, and summary that Brother Dean puts on group me every morning? Is that all the Bible we'll see in a day? <laughs> Does our Bible collect dust in between churches? Do we lose it? Do we forget it? Do we never open it? Do we have it with us where we go? We ask God to give us this day our daily bread. We'll, we'll, we'll. We have our spiritual food. Bailey didn't want to eat today. I was having peanut butter and banana uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. And she didn't want it. She didn't want it. She didn't want nothing to do with it. We had it sitting right there in front of her. She was hungry, but she didn't want to eat it. A lot of times that is that describes us as Christians, don't it? We have it in front of us. We have it readily available. I got a, a letter in the mail today from Beams. They send Bibles all over the world in, in every different type of language. And we have them readily available here on the internet, on our phones. Probably two or three of them at the house. Probably one in the truck. But having it set before us and consuming it to give us nourishment are two totally different things. If Bailey just leaves that sandwich sitting in front of her and she never eats it, she never consumes it, she never uses it, it has done her absolutely no good. I had a woman come to me with selling Krispy Kreme donuts at, at Varnado several years ago. And she said, I want a box. Just alone. Uh, just uh, I want it on loan. I said, do what? She said, I want it on loan. I said, what do you mean? She said, I just want to smell it all day. And at the end of the day, I'll give it back to you. I said, you've got to be out of your mind. She said, no, I just can't eat it. It's too many calories. I'm, I'm semi-diabetic. It, it, it's too much sugar. I don't need it. I just want to smell it all day. So I gave her four boxes, went and set them in her classroom, and she sniffed them donuts all day. And at the end of the day, she brought all four boxes back. Not a single donut was missing, and she had a grin all over her face. But you know how much good them donuts did her? Zero. She didn't get to enjoy it, a single one. If we just sit around and look at God's Word, or if we read without a purpose, then what is the point of God giving us our daily bread? He sets it before us. He gave it to us in our language. He gave all of us the ability to read. We still have our sight. If you don't have your sight, it's on an audio book somewhere. You can get it all over the place. We have ready access to the Bible. But do we eat it? 
if we were as spiritually nourished as we are physically nourished, would we be overweight or would we blow away when the wind comes through? That's a hard question to answer if we're being very, very honest. If we ate of God's Word, if we consume God's Word as much as we consume everything else in the world, how good a shape would we be in? Would we be undernourished or would we have reserves? Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Provide for our needs physically, but also God provide for our needs spiritually. God will meet us halfway, but we have to do our job. We have to go into His Word. We have to focus on His Word. We have to bind it in our hearts. We have to allow it to be a lamp and a light in our life. Verse number 12. He said, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And another... Uh, in another one of the Gospels, it says, Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is us forgiving others? Does that determine how much God forgives us? That's a real question. Does our forgiveness of others determine how much God forgives us? It is a requirement. Is it a requirement for us to forgive others in order to be forgiven of God? Is that an absolute requirement? Think about it, study it, come back and tell me next week. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. A story that Jesus tells in the New Testament of a man, a servant who came before a king. And he owed him a whole bunch, and he said, Hey, it's forgiven. Well, this same servant went to a man that owed him. And whenever the man couldn't pay, he had him thrown in jail. And the king heard about it. The king came back and said, How in the world, if I'm going to forgive you, or can you not forgive this other person? I believe that Jesus is teaching that if we're going to come to God, then, then we need to come with a clean heart. We need to come with, with things not between ourselves and others, and not between ourselves and God. If we're going to ask God to forgive, forgive us, it's ever so slightly hypocritical for us not to forgive someone else, is it not? Whether it's required or not, we'll find out next week. But it is hypocritical. It is hypocritical for me to say, God, forgive me whenever I'm holding something against everybody else. Whenever I refuse to forgive someone else. And forgiveness goes a whole lot further and saying, I forgive you. Whenever Bailey does something wrong, her mama has made her to say, I'm sorry. You know what that means coming from a two and a half year old? She don't quite understand, I'm sorry. As a 16 year old growing up, we said the words, I'm sorry, all the time. Do you know why we said the words, I'm sorry? Because we didn't want to get a whooping. That's what it boiled down to. We, we may or may not have been sorry. But we didn't want to get a whooping and we knew if it was mama and if it was daddy, it was no chance. But we knew that if we teared up and said, I'm sorry to mama, that she probably wouldn't whoop us. And if she didn't whoop us, that means she probably wasn't going to let daddy whoop us either because we had changed her mind with crocodile tears. All we had to do was say, I'm sorry. But there's a big difference in her forgiving us and her letting us off without a whooping.
in the same way, there's a very big difference in God forgiving us. There's a very big difference in us forgiving others and letting off without any consequences. When the king told the man, he said, your debt is forgiven, that means that he no longer owed. He was no longer in a position as a debtor. He was no longer, he was still a servant to the king, but he was not subservient underneath that debt. If we're going to forgive someone, it don't mean that we can come back to them a week later, a year later, and say, hey, you remember this? Whenever we forgive, it has to be like God forgives. And he says whenever he puts our sin away from us, how far away is it? East to the west. It's gone. Forever. Whenever we forgive others, it's, it's like the old saying goes. I buried the hatchet, but I left the handle sticking up. That way if I need to grab it again one day, if I need to reach over there and get my hands on it, I'll still be able to. Whenever we forgive, we don't just say I forgive you and move on. We have to legitimately forgive that person in its entirety. Because that's what Jesus did for us. And there ain't nobody going to mistreat us as bad as oftentimes we mistreat Jesus. There's not nobody that's going to do us as much wrong as mankind has done to God down through time, and yet He still sent Christ. He still sent Jesus. He says that we're supposed to forgive in that same way. God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are to seek God's pardon in our sin. The first thing that we have to do is we have to admit that we have sin. If we're going to ask God to forgive us, not only do we have to forgive others, we have to say, God, I am a sinner. We cannot ask forgiveness for something that we absolutely promised we did not do. Most of you who has had kids, you know that the most common culprit of anything going on in your house is not me. Right? Not me. I always did it. Because whenever you go and ask your kids who did it, they say, not me. Not me, I always did it. But with God, He knows who did it. He knows what happened. He's already seen the situation. And and we have to come to a place that we admit, God, I did this. Can you forgive me? We have to come to a place of repentance. We have to come to a place that, that we must turn from our ways. We have to come to a place where we say, God, I know I'm wrong. And then God forgives us. The Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we cannot sit here and say, God, I'm not a sinner. God, I did not do wrong. God, this is not me. God, somebody else did this. God, the devil made me do it. We use that one, don't we? The devil made me do it. Well, it's because of somebody else. It's just a reaction to something else. In reality, we are in control of our own actions. And and we're still going to sin. We're still going to mess up. It's going to happen. It's coming. If you hadn't done it yet today, get ready. It's coming tomorrow. Well, humans are always in one of two places. We're either coming out of trouble or heading into trouble. And most of the time, that trouble leads to us sinning in some way, form, or fashion. But God will forgive us if we will but ask Him. And that goes back to forgiving others. We should forgive others just as Christ forgave us before we ask. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Paul said in Corinthians, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we asked Him, He forgave us. Whether somebody has done you wrong and and come back and asked for it, or whether they they just moved on and didn't care if you forgave them or not, God forgave us unconditionally. God forgave us regardless. And that's how we are to forgive others. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. Last for verse of song, offer verse of invitation.